Hello, everyone. Welcome to Coaching with Mastery and Elegance with Tijan Jenko. And this is our 13th episode. Today, we are delighted to have Marianne Gurnitsky with us, along with my beautiful companion, Marta Regalado. Hello, Marianne. Hello, Marta. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Yes, thank you for, for that welcome, Tijan. Happy to be here and so happy to welcome Marianne to this episode. Wonderful to be with you both. And Marta, where are we going to go in our conversation today? So today we are going to talk about your upcoming course. And this actually starts next week. I believe it's next Friday, February 17th, the day after my birthday, actually. And it's a month long. It goes till March 17th. And it is called Beyond NLP and Cognitive Distortions. And it is part of a series, Jenko Method Coaching Beyond the Mind training series. So this, this is kind of, you know, I love how you've broken up all these kind of, you know, this big kind of training into these small courses. And as you mentioned before, it's like learning a language and you're learning a different language in each course. And I am really excited to hear about what you have to say about the course. You know, I took it, you know, I think it might've been a year and a half ago. I know Marianne took it as well. Um, so I think this is gonna be an exciting discussion. So to, yeah, to get us started, I would love to hear, you know, this is like I mentioned the first course in a series and the Coaching Beyond the Mind series, I would love to hear, what does it mean for you to coach beyond the mind? Thank you, Marta. And happy early birthday wishes to you. We celebrate. Thank you. <laughs> so Coaching Beyond the Mind came forward for me as I studied and um, followed Dr. Candice Pert's work that she often talks about, she's no longer with us, but in her work and research, she talked about um, the molecules of emotion and their varying, residing in different parts of the body and their influence in the mind and, and all that. So... And if you look at then, we talked about it in different podcast episodes that the evidence-based methodologies that are used in coaching and the technology of coaching are uh, migrated to coaching field from the therapy field. And the therapy field mostly focuses on the mind in the talk therapy. And therefore, then it has its limitations by the way we engage the language to direct the client back into the mind. If we want to be, we talk about in especially last few years, there is a lot of talk and awareness around diversity, inclusion and all that, but <laughs> we're not being inclusive to human system all at once. 
when we are engaging the client with our language. So our language needs to be all inclusive to understand where the problem resides. So that's why that I decided uh, is, you know, that I am trained in technical aspects of coaching in many uh, evidence-based methods, as well as esoteric systems. So then um, to engage the old parts of human system, our language and our approach needs to be inclusive to all that is. And therefore, I decided to uh, recategorize my training offerings under Coaching Beyond the Mind series that uh, there is the neurologic focus aspect, there is the energetic focus aspect, there is the somatic, pretty much neurologic is part of the somatic as well, that there is the body aspect to it, but there is much more directive body-centric inquiries they are all going to be uh, offered under Coaching Beyond the Mind series. Yeah, that sounds really incredible, Tijin, and how this, you know, this training series includes and is inclusive of and engages all of these systems that a lot of times we're not even aware of. We're so stuck in our minds and it just opens up, it sounds like, all of these possibilities. Yeah, as, as you know that I, before I was a coach, I was a master level process and service excellence person. And before that, I was actually an engineer designing robots. So that gives me a way of looking at the problems in a systemic way and human beings are more of a corporation and union than it is a single unit we have 33 millions of cells that are intelligent making decisions that forming organs and they have relationship to one another in fact, that in uh, advanced levels of Alzheimer's that the doctors can tell you, body forgets to communicate with one another, different parts of the body. So in, in whole of the Chinese medicine looks into how these systems work in within harmony to one another or disharmony to one another. So we need to, as a complex problem solver, that's what I bring that into my niche in my trainings, that system approach to coaching. Mm -hmm. We talk about systems approach for the organizational coaching and cultural coaching, but what is happening in the human system? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love how you just, you know, kind of connected the two, mm -hmm. you know, on your past work and and your current work and, you know, as a coach, that mm -hmm. was beautiful to hear. Thank you for that. Thank you. And, and I'm curious, Marianne, you've taken the course. How has the course impacted your coaching? Um, so part of the reason I was excited to take this course is because of my background working as a trauma-informed mental health occupational therapist. So as an OT in mental health, I worked with lots of systems and I had just a, a, a familiarity with 
NLP. Um, when I took this course and I learned more about NLP and ways to view people's neurological systems by observing their methods of speaking and interacting, it helped me to really appreciate with my coaching hat on from that coaching mindset, how to really take in the presence of the whole person in the coaching session. And, um, and so I feel like the course really helped me to grow as a coach in appreciating a more holistic view of the client sitting before me. I feel like it helped me to deepen my active listening and understanding of the clients in viewing them and their neurological system is present there in the coaching session. Um, and, and then because of the concepts that we explored in the course, I feel like it helped to also deepen my powerful questions um, to evoke more um, meaningful awareness for the client of how their nervous system is influencing their relationship with others and the world and themselves. And, um, and really, this is, I think, part of Tijen's special sauce is that when we really take in uh, this whole whole view of the client beyond just their mind, uh, and we can generate awareness for them of what's happening for their neurological systems, the client really has new choices that they can make that they never knew were available to them. And so I feel like as a result of taking this course, I've been able to support my clients in even more powerful growth than they might otherwise have had. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, Marianne. And you said exactly choice, like allowing your clients to see that they have choices. And that is such an important part of coaching and our clients, you know, empowerment and growth. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, so Tijen, you know, back to you. Um, so coaching beyond the mind, like we talked about, means coaching the whole person, you know, including their neurological systems. How does NLP help us to coach the person's neurological systems? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. And I want to go back into what Marianne said, that the, the choices, right, that um, the whole reason that I actually decided to teach this technique that I've developed over the years because when we experience something as a trauma then that unresolved thing makes the choice not our conscious mind so that's the reactivity systems reactivity and so then our ability to have a dialogue with that reactive part then gets us into the freedom, the free will. And that part feels heard. So then the, what is its relationship? What is this? How is this related to the cognitive distortions or NLP? In NLP, um, that we learn to tune into these dissonances, systems dissonances flowing through the client's language. These parts 
may not be fully accessible to us in the conscious level. But through the unconscious level, their relationship to the language system, they find a way to come through the client's language, even if it means that it's not necessarily they are speaking um, a a language that is in non-indicative that there is a trauma, but listening even the tones in the in uh, fluctuations and and inflictions of the client's language is part of that listening, and that's why I call it beyond NLP, beyond cognitive distortions, being able to listen in the whole system. So in the NLP, there are basically particular linguistic patterns and how the client learns, how do they relate to the world around themselves. And that's where I call it the coaching at the blueprint level, because the way we make our model of the world and create a meaning making for ourselves that meaning making is going to be part of our linguistic expression so then as a coach we get to understand and have a better access to the model operating model of the human being and how that is being present in their language. And I'm wondering how clear was that? That was, that was very clear for me. And I think it's so interesting how you mentioned these kind of these unresolved issues that are kind of making the choices for us. And we're not even, we're not that aware, but through NLP, and as a coach trained in NLP, really being able to kind of look at these almost like little hints that are coming up of what's going on. And you're kind of able to kind of pluck them out and see what they are, you know, in order to create, it almost sounds like, you know, the, the freedom that you were talking about for our clients. Absolutely. We, in a way that we are increasing the sensitivity of the coach to way they listen and way they inquire in that training. And there is obviously another uh, inquiry method that I've developed. I teach that as well, but um, that's what we're doing, enhancing the sensitivity of the coach and giving them maybe a vocabulary so they can speak the language of the uh, connection between the nervous system and the linguistic center. Yeah. And I'm right now, I'm writing all of this down. I just feel like it's such, you know, incredible information. Um, so I'm curious, Marianne, as you hear this, what's coming up for you as someone who's taken it? Well, as, as I learned about NLP, I think uh, what Tijen just described is exactly what happened to me. I, I felt like I was more sensitive in my listening and also in my um, inquiries for my clients. I think, um, uh, you know, in learning to listen for the client's blueprint or their mental model of the world, uh, a couple of things um 
happened for me as a coach taking this course. I think one thing is that when we start to tune into the client's language and and method of seeing the world, we can reflect that back to them in how we speak to them. And when we are mirroring or matching them, we're really speaking to their nervous system. And um, I think uh, clients can experience that as, as really feeling your coaching presence. Um, I think another piece of this, and this is where the cognitive distortions really come in, is as a coach taking this course, I also became a lot more aware of my own mental models of the world, my own blueprint. And so that really helped me to be more aware of my own biases. And um, of course, as coaches, we want to really do our own personal work to address our biases so that we can be even more present in the coaching session. And um, I'm a person that gets very excited about doing this sort of personal growth uh, work and, and feel like it really has benefited me as well as my clients in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really wonderful. Um, and I love how, you know, it's not just about, it's, it's just growth for our clients, growth for ourselves through this process. And the more we're able, and Tisha, this is something you always say, do that self-reflective work, we are able to show up for our clients in a much different way with so much more presence, I think, and understanding and empathy. Yeah, yeah, beautifully said both. And I want to just touch uh, back what Marianne said to re-highlight that, Mm -hmm. because when we learn the language to listen and reflect directly to the client's nervous system or the part that the trauma uh, experience part that is looking to be heard and understood, that in itself creates the release in the system. And that's where um, I will be speaking about this in in a executive coaching uh, engagement next week the peaceful peaceable communications actually comes from um, our ability to understand and tell the other person we understand what you need and what you are craving for and just to be able to touch that part with a language, with a reflection, with an ability to understand and communicate itself, even if you don't take the coaching any other further, that in itself is already a big shift. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it sounds healing. And you know, who doesn't want to be, you know, felt, you know, who doesn't want to be heard and understood? And especially in this way that just feels so profound, where maybe the person has never been heard and understood, you know, at this level. But with someone who has this training, then they have the ability to do this. It's really quite a gift. Yeah. 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 Marianne, is there anything that's coming up for you as you hear this? 
One thing I was just reflecting on as I listened to Tijan is, is um, the, the word trauma has come up a few times here. And, and I wonder about the listener maybe being concerned that we're talking about something that's therapy-like or treatment-oriented. And, and I wanted to just share that, uh, that what we're really talking about is taking in the whole client, but not offering any sort of therapy or treatment that um, while we're, we're utilizing concepts from NLP and, and therapy-based, evidence-based methodologies, we're really still talking about coaching um, and staying within coaching scope of practice while using these powerful techniques. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Marianne. Maybe I wonder, Martha, would it be helpful? I just coached somebody this morning. I'll give that example. Yeah. So this was a professional coaching session that I was coaching another coach. That person just taking an uh, engagement to facilitate in a large group that they haven't done that before. So they came to session with complex emotions that is about questioning the self. Am I worthy enough for this engagement? Uh, am I worthy to receive money for something that I have been done that before? Am I, uh, do I have the capability to do it? And um, what happens if some people like it and some people don't? These were very complex things, part of the agenda development process that we had. And I decided to go into the neurologic approach path as I heard the client and listened the complexity of fear, uh, worthiness, that uh, reassessment of the skill set, and there were all complexities that we were having. So in uh, the neurolinguistic approach and uh, polyvagal approach that I've applied, we actually got into two traumatic area that the client had remembered that when they were very young, they had an ar arguing parental situation that they felt like they had no place to run away from. And another example was when they were learning to swim, that the swim uh, teacher pushed them into the water. So in both cases, they felt like they had no choice in the matter, that their choices were taken away. And that was the underlying theme of their questioning, their ability to show up here. Do I have the choice in front of a large group? Can I step out? Can I manage this? Or is my cho are my choices taken away? This is the complexity we're talking about. If in the talk coaching, the mind just engaging the mind coaching, we wouldn't be able to understand these discoveries. But in my inquiry, I didn't get into what happened to your mother. Why did they do that and all that? There was no therapy talk. This, these memories just showed up. And with that client understood what were their relationship to those traumatic events, which was 
in both cases, my choices were taken away. But here, I have the choice. That was their recognition. That was their awareness. With that awareness, all that fear went away because they recognized they are in charge. The wardeness issue went away. The fear went away. All that is gone away. So I wondered if that clarifies for the audience that how we understand where the trauma is and how we don't get into the therapy domain. Yeah, I think that that really clarified it for me. And it's interesting how all of this happened in in what 50 minutes, Tisha? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it shows the power of coaching, obviously, you know, the enormous power of coaching with you, like having you as a coach, which is a very, very transformative experience. So thank you for sharing that example. Yeah. And Marianne, I know you had brought up kind of, you know, you had said, okay, this is, we're talking about trauma and you know, this it's not therapy, it's coaching. What are you thinking now after having heard Tijin's example? What comes up for you, if anything? Um, well, yeah, I, I'm really glad that you shared that example, Tijin. It, it really, this coaching really is about helping the person change their relationship to their emotions, helping them change their relationship to themselves um, or their relationship to their patterns of showing up in the world. And that was a great illustration of that. Yeah, thank you. I feel like examples are always really important to highlight, you know, like this is what it looks like in practice. So people can really get an idea of what is possible. So thank you for that. Um, So kind of moving forward, you know, we've talked about how in this course you apply Eastern esoteric methods as well as Western methods like NLP. How do these methods further deepen our understanding of cognitive distortions? And I know you, you know, kind of jumped in and out of this, but is there anything else that you would like to add here? I think that, again, it gives a language to recognize how do we make meaning of the world. And, um, for example, in this client's uh, experience this morning, the trauma seemed to be held in their lungs and a diaphragm. It was quite interesting that I was asking them uh, beyond the mind, whole system questions. And she was kept talking about the flow, the flow. I don't have the flow. And how do you relate, right? The flow to the fear, to the (laughs) delivering and wordiness, right? If we don't have these languages, then we can't get in there. So then the cognitive distortions hides beyond these things and the distortive view of the world comes that I'm not worthy, but it isn't about the worthiness. It isn't about the fear. It is about, and and the one feels like, oh, if I feel pressured, then I'm going to um, feel like my choices are taken away. So that's the generalization of the cognitive distortions. 
that every experience gets to be cataloged and categorized based on the experience that is similar. It is not the first time we are having. So that's where the esoteric systems come into play, right? The Yoga Sutras talk about how that um, the mind and memory works and how they are uh, cataloged and categorized in our system to create the blueprint. And so anytime then question becomes, is this a really new fear or the fear acting itself out that has been with you, whatever your age is? In our case, that fear the first time was formed when the person was six years of age. And it was now acting out in the new context, which was a delivery. So then we needed to go back and visit to show the person that the traveling happened, the growth happened. And that's where um, we also look at it, humanistic approach to coaching and all that scientific ways um, that six-year-old was responding, not the current year old. So all that is part of the marriage of the both systems and how to then respond to the distortion in the meaning-making of the person. And I wonder, what do you want to say to that, Marta? First of all, just quickly, I love this this idea, this visual of like the fear, whatever the emotion is, acting out, almost like a little toddler who is acting out. And almost you just want the toddler to stop. But really, the toddler really wants to be seen and heard and understood. And so that just kind of came to mind. So I wanted to share that. And um, I'm curious what's what Marianne's experience has been with this. And this I kind really, of, of methods. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, oh, no, it's okay. I really enjoyed learning about the yoga sutras. I think they really enhance understanding of cognitive distortions and how they impact our being. Um, one thing that I love to remember is a metaphor that was in that learning around um, if you imagine a, a pool of water, our cognitive biases are, and these early experiences like the six-year-old um, are like ripples in the water. They disturb the water and they impair uh, our ability to have light uh I'm probably not describing this quite how I meant to, but the light passes through the water uh, in a way where it's really distorted as well. And the more we help the client uh, generate awareness of their own biases or ripples in the water, if you will, the more they can make decisions to return more to their authentic self, to, to um, remove those biases if they choose to. And, uh, as the water, the pool becomes more restored to its calmness, the light can pass through it without distortion and we can experience a lot more authenticity in our being. And um, for me, that's a just a really beautiful concept. And I love getting to witness that happening with my clients as I use this type of coaching. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's beautiful, Mary. And I love that visual. And as you were speaking, I was just picturing this body of water and all of a sudden, like the light really shining in and the client being able to kind of just be in this place of now, like kind of this authenticity and the word choice keeps coming up, you know, making decisions, having choices. And it's almost like, you know, also the choice to look at yourself in a whole different light. Yeah, that's as actual, go ahead, Maria. No, I was just going to agree with Marta on that. I think <laughs> uh, there's, there's such a, in addition to freedom, there's such an inner peace that comes with that experience. Yeah. It's the recognition of the self, right? That's what happened to the client this morning, that they recognized how far they actually become from that little girl feels like they have no choice into the where they arrived and that wasn't visible to them because the little girl was fearful and this person is quite self-aware and they were actually doing a lot of uh, mindful awareness the soothing the inner child work and all that um, but but until that moment of transformation then the other methods, this is where I feel the other methods are falling short because those, although they are very helpful, the mindfulness, the meditative techniques and other things are helpful, but then they are almost like transactional coaching. It creates a band-aid effect to calm the system down until next trigger occurs. <laughs> it doesn't resolve the issue. So that's the other uh, part that I just wanted to add there. Yeah. One thing that strikes me as I listen to this is, is this transformed choice is really very much about empowering the client as well. And we haven't really talked about the empowerment that comes from this work yet. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that, Marianne. Yeah. Right. And would you like to, to speak to that? Mm, well, I can just reflect that um, with clients that I have where I've really been able to do this type of work, uh, the, the empowerment can really be quite profound. I have a client who, um, in exploring her metaphors, uh, has experienced so much personal transformation that uh, she's very excited to actually get a tattoo of that metaphor on <laughs> because she she wants to wear it so proudly because the coaching has been so profound for her. And um, I love getting to witness that type of, yeah. of exciting growth. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks for that, Marianne. And, and Marta, I actually uh, collected data out of two or three cohorts of these uh, trainings and um, get them analyzed in a semi um vigorous research way that some of the language that I share with this time around as part of this uh information in my website comes from the client's words as the feedback as an outcome of this course. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um 
you know, how it speaks to, you know, the client, the client, what they needed, what they received, what, how they, they grew. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Tishan. Pleasure. So I know that another big part of the course are meditations, you know, that will support, you know, the students learning. Um, can you tell us about that? So as Miriam mentioned that I, and you know this also, Martha, I always talk about the coach, the coach, the coach, <laughs> coach's self-work, coach's well-being, because that's going to, coach's vessel is going to affect the quality of the session. Coach needs to be at a better mental space, better heart space, better energetic space, and better place to understand their model of the world and how they meaning make and how they relate to the world around themselves to be able to engage with another human being in a much deeper quality, higher quality. And therefore, for this uh, training, I offer two types of guided meditations to regulate, better support the inner regulation of the nervous system, as well as the energetic system. And um, that's those were the offerings of the course that the student coaches were required to do, take them daily. And I wonder um, anything that is in the recipient end of uh, all that either one of you wanted to share your experiences with those. Well, one of the two meditations that you assigned us was a yoga nidra meditation, which we did each day. And um, that yoga nidra meditation is, is really, uh, and I know I'm not the only person who felt this way because I remember other students talking about it too. Like, what is happening? If you go to such a deep, a profound place in your being during that yoga nidra meditation, I found for me, it often brought some really deep relaxation uh, and peace. Um, and um, I think there's something in that too, that really helps promote um, sort of a, a mental and maybe energetic flexibility that, that you get to experience going through that meditation repeatedly um it, yeah it was a very profound experience and and a really nice aspect of self-care to add to to my days during the time I was taking the course beautiful and I specifically loved your uh, language of energetic flexibility <laughs> yeah that was actually part of that feedback in the research that was uh, quite impactful the students reported yeah thank you Marianne anything you wanted to add to that Marta um, I agree I, I even wrote this down the mental and energetic flexibility that this gives you and I'm curious for our listeners who aren't familiar with yoga nidra would either of you like to describe or to tell us a little bit about what it is? It's part of the um, esoteric teachings that the yoga nidra is known practice in uh, various uh, yoga lineages. 
and the idea is the nidra uh, meaning of the nidra is the sleep so that is translated as yogic sleep um it is in a way that what it does as a yoga teacher i can say that um creates normalization for the nervous system by uh, the giving instruction instructions of the facilitator teacher um, is often what you do is that you take the system into the different parts and offer them system at different experiences why the uh, system is in a deeply relaxed state. So in a way that you are taking the system to the height, to the low and high to the low, the cold to the heat and all that. And that actually says, well, that's all an experience. Then in a way then creates a space between the blueprint and the one that is experiences. Otherwise, that our cognitive distortions comes from our attachment to our experiences and what it is. Uh, so then we cannot identify that there is the experience and there is the experience or right. This, this sort of meditation not only relaxes the nervous system by normalizing it and taking it out of those patterning, um, but also creates a space between the one that is aware, the part of us that is aware and part of us that experiences the uh, life. Yeah, I think that that's incredible. And as you say that, I remember in the course, having an experience, you led us through a meditation where we had to think about, I think it was like our happy place or it was some place that we feel really good and then you brought up like these very kind of random, you know, kind of things that, that, that we are doing. And for me, I remember feeling this resistance because I had an attachment to my happy place and I didn't want to bring in, I think it was like a pizza. I'm like eating a pizza and I'm like, no, 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 the pizza does not belong here. As I recognized that attachment that you're talking about and the need that I had to create that space between my blueprint and an experience. Yes, absolutely. That was part of the NLP experiences that, um, again, that the way we remember, right, where we remember, where we store is then often gets us locked mm -hmm. in the traumatic break position. So how do we get out? We got to fiddle with the memory that is stored and then that's where if you remember a few I think podcasts ago we talked about the obscureness of the experience that's when we start to see oh that actually is funny in a way and that weird in a way and then our relationship shifts in fact I wonder if Marianne you willing to talk about during one of the mentor sessions through the um, discourse, we were coaching you about your past work experience. Would you like to share anything about that? Mm. Yeah, I'm just reflecting on that a little bit. Um, we coached around... Um, some things that I wanted to detach from. And we used some of those NLP techniques to help me 
um, shift my attachment to those past experiences. Um, and and uh, it, it is really, and this is another really valuable piece of this course, getting to be a practice client in mentor coaching sessions gives you an opportunity to really feel the profound shifts in your your body and your being and your nervous system uh, with these techniques. And yeah, that's one example where um, I did experience a shift where um, those experiences, I must have detached from those experiences because I haven't been thinking about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that we were fiddling with that memory. What about this? And what about that? And all that. And then I remember you were having a big shift about how you were remembering and recalling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, that's right. Thanks for bringing that up. I had <laughs> forgotten about that, actually, which shows how I had detached. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, that's good. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been such a wonderful conversation. And as we come to an end of this, you know, podcast episode, I'm curious if there's anything else you'd like to share about this course. And then afterwards, we can talk about any upcoming events. I would say that um, is what I like to do with any of my coach offerings and uh, coach training offerings. I feel based on the feedback that I've received it's quite self-transformational, self-healing, and quite uh, helpful for people that are interested in taking their coaching to a deeper level, more inclusive, more compassionate and understanding levels. And um, again, it's going to start next week, and the second part is going to be in, I believe, I'm going to publish it for August and um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tishan. What about you, Marian? Well, I think it has just been really um, uh, a privilege to get to be part of this conversation and share my experiences. And, and I found that it was a deeply transformative experience for me as many of Tishan's offerings are. Thank you. Thank you. So there definitely, I'm hearing a lot of transformation, transformation, healing. Yeah. Deepening your coaching practice. Oh, and learning multiple languages. Exactly. Learning multiple languages. <laughs> yeah. So as we come to a close, I'm curious what, if either of you have any upcoming events that you would like to share with our audience. Well, I'd like to share that I am um, I am an instructor for Tijan's NBHWC exam prep and content review course, and we're about to begin our next cohort of that course in March. Um, so individuals interested in taking that course to learn more about health and wellness coaching and or to prepare for the NBHWC exam might want to check into that. Mm. Wonderful. And we can put that in the show notes to where they can find more information. Absolutely. And that's been one of our most requested training 
It is also helpful that if anybody is interested to understand the case studies presented in the International Coach Federation's knowledge exam as well. That is a good review class for a lot of the most used evidence-based methodologies. We're not necessarily teaching them, but we're giving a refresher and then giving coaches an understanding that how to use those evidence-based methodologies as a language to respond to the real life case scenarios that come to the coaching conversations. We offer complex scenarios um, based on my couple of interviews with the item writers of the NBHWC uh, exam. And also <laughs> close to 20 years of my coaching background, right? What can happen in a session? <laughs> And it's not only my own sessions. And as you know, that I've been an internal coach, external coach, multinational coach, and, and the multinational coaching assessor that every assessment I do, it is a scenario happening in a coaching conversation that I'm looking at what the coach is doing and what is the client is saying. So there is that richness is in that case study examples that we present in each session. And um, also Marianne brings forward her own experiences along with mine into, we both take into uh, exam, <laughs> that beautiful four hour exam. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's a supportive of the people who are interested in taking any coach knowledge exam. Uh, specifically, we use that NBHWC language because the complexity of that um, exam, but um, it's quite helpful in general in many ways, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Thank you for telling us a little bit more about the, the prep course. That's wonderful. And we'll put all of these details in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And it has been such a pleasure to be here with both of you. Thank you, Martha. It's been wonderful um, to be with both of you and all your efforts to produce this podcast. <laughs> and thank you, Marianne, for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. So until next month, um, take good care, everybody. And Marta, we wish you a happiest birthday oh, thank end you. of time again. <laughs> <laughs>